0: Howdy y'all and welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number 1 with high school nerds and endangered birds. I'm Adrian, as always, with my co-host Paul. Let's get big factin. Let's get no cappin.
1: Big facts. No cap. Big facts. No cap. No cap. Big facts. No cap. Big facts. No cap. No cap. Big facts. No cap. No, 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 no. Big facts. No cap. No cap. Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from
0: Big Facts No Cap.
1: An inmate at Florida Correctional Institution. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press one. To refuse charges, thank you for using Tnetics. You may start the conversation now
0: welcome folks uh, this is paul and adrian coming at you uh we are currently in canceled jail after last week's episode about pets i'm using my one phone call to phone paul to record this week's episode and then i'm not sure what we're gonna do from then on can anybody find the white lady who did cereal and get me and adrian out <laughs> help help for uh whoever directed that um oh fuck what was what was the that really popular netflix series for a hot minute about the dude who um was in jail for murder in a small town and uh the, making the, a murder documentary making a murderer yeah was that the narrative of that or was it that he was uh guilty for sure i, I didn't or was watch it, trying it. To prove his innocence? i mean the narrative
1: of serial was who knows but if, i feel like if you listen to it it was like i think we all know
0: <laughs> it was yeah the interesting thing about the making the murderer one is uh i remember trying to watch it because everyone was so hype about it and then like two minutes into the first episode, uh, someone mentions the dude, like the guy who's accused of murder throwing a cat into a fire because he was bored or something. And I was like, well, fuck this dude. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like, like, Why am I going to watch this like a uh, whole documentary about this dude's innocence when I, I don't, it's like the walking dead. And like how my complaint about that show was like, it's a whole bunch of people who I don't care if they live or die <laughs> oh. and they're trying to survive the world. And like that tension doesn't work. For yeah. Me.
1: That reminds me of that. Don't fuck with cats documentary on Netflix, which was. Yeah, yeah. so bad because they made it so long-winded and then you didn't even like the people the point that like aesthetically the point they were trying to make was just constantly like oh the internet's crazy if you fuck with cats these these internet detectives they're such heroes and they really care about animals they'll they'll hunt you down and bring you to justice but then the only thing they actually managed to do is falsely accuse a south african guy who ends up killing himself And then they don't even actually catch the right guy. The police catch him for a murder. And then they just, like, backtrace that he was the guy who killed the cat. So I'm like, these people did not come off like heroes.
0: Yeah, and then, like, when it came time to them to look into the right guy, he sent a message to the Facebook group because they were so incompetent. And so he had to send a message being like, you should look into this guy. And that, like, so literally it nullifies all of the stuff before where they're like well we realized because of the outlet that he was using they had to be in this region of the world or whatever and like none of it mattered at all it had to be when the guy was like uh hey guys you should check out this dude who's definitely not me but also yes it's definitely me yeah no (laughs) come
1: get me baby that that it shouldn't be called don't fuck with cats it should be called internet hate mob drive south african man to suicide
0: (laughs) should be named like a news article
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay i mean pretty it up for netflix but something like that i
0: don't know those people should not have been pitched as like the heroes uh the best part of that whole documentary is when the two lead investigators meet up and uh the person who didn't quit because one of them quits at some point uh, but the other guy keeps going and she was like uh you probably could have uh done it without me and he he just like he just says like yeah probably (laughs) or something like that like she says something where she like self-deprecates and he just agrees wholeheartedly (laughs) and very directly not a lot of tact but yes, do, do we have? Do you have anything else that you would
1: like to touch on before we jump into uh, hometowns? No, I don't think so. I think I'm good. Let's let's get into it. All right, hometowns. We are from the same one, famously, as as people who know this podcast lore will know. We're both from Lexington, South Carolina.
0: Different zip codes, but uh, yeah, both. From I guess you're technically from Gilbert. You rural, hick, piece of shit. <laughs> uh, I am from a technically from Gilbert a town where we got our first Walmart and i think like 2011 and i think our high school uh that i did not go to but Gilbert High School i believe still has a native american as their mascot so they're doing the uh redskins thing i guess they're not saying it with a racial slur i don't think but i think they're just called like the Gilbert Indians but uh yeah mm-hmm. not a lot of not, not a lot of native american youths in that school <laughs>
1: Man, what was that road that was, like, the one that basically went through Lexington, then Gilbert, then Batesburg, Leesville? Because driving down that road was, like, just going more and more into hell.
0: I think it was just Highway 378. Highway 378, yeah. Shout out to uh, Highway 378. Uh, Yeah, if you want a weirdly um, specific ability to, what's the word, Uh, dox? If you want to dox me and find my home (laughs) address from when I was a kid... Uh, i live right down the street from Harmon's tree farm which is where trump held his rally when he was in um south carolina so, so expand your search from there <laughs> to find my house um yeah so paul and i famously both from lexington small town in south carolina it's uh developed a little bit i mean i go back to see my parents um during christmas time and uh it's it's grown a good bit but when paul and i were there uh what do you what would you say one horse have in town two horse <laughs> Uh, we definitely had some tractors. We definitely had a <laughs> we, lot of trucks. Uh, famously, we had a row of them at our high school, truck row, truck row. And then we also had um in the Kmart parking lot is where they would hang out, where they would all park their trucks and just hang out there. Famously, one of the first time Adrian
1: showed off his music making ability and creativity to me was uh was when he came up with a song about how all the uh, trucks would park behind the Radio Shack. That's where all the uh, rednecks would go get high.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that.
1: <laughs> do you wanna? Do you wanna perform the song you you wrote, Adrian, on the fly, driving by the Radio Shack?
0: It's a lost classic. Meet me by um,
1: the Radio Shack. The Radio Shack. There, there will be <laughs> there plenty will... of and crack.
0: Did a, a crack, <laughs> banger. Yeah, so how would you describe uh Lexington, Paul to someone who um who who's never heard of this place? Um
1: I'd describe it this way. We we had all the fast food joints, so we were like suburban America but mixed with like redneck America, if that makes sense. So mm. the thing is we were on the lake and we certainly like we were a town with money but we weren't like an absolutely wealthy town if that makes sense. There were definitely families with money but there was also a lot yeah. of families that didn't have money.
0: Yeah, I think one of the like statistics that we could probably look up to really like describe what this town looks like is um how many churches there were mm-hmm. in her town. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> people really,
0: uh, really real capitalistic, uh, people need to have a freedom of choice between a thousand different churches. Oh, and that was um, the
1: backbone of social life in Lexington. Like the first question people would ask you. Is what church does your family go to? And it's like, you're a child, and they're clearly asking you that because there's rich churches and poor churches, and they need to know how to judge you as soon as they meet you. Like, oh, is this kid's family, like, do I need to care about them? Do they go to a good church? Do they go to a church that has, like... The types of families that It doesn't I...
0: cost money to go to a church, though, right?
1: No, but still, like, <laughs> there's certain vibes, you know? That was
0: more like a denominational thing.
1: It's a like mix of that, but it's also, you. like, what part of town you live in, what the vibe of your family is, like, who you, who's in your social group, who's in your in-and-out group.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Famously, I went to a church growing up that put on a, a big production every winter of the, the nativity story or whatever, and that was their claim to fame. Um, oh, also... Uh, going back to previous lore from a, another episode about me getting baptized, it is a church whose pastor or oh I don't even remember anymore. Is that what we called them? I think so. Yeah, that the pastor who um baptized me had to quit because he cheated on his wife and got uh caught uh somehow by the the church populace, and so he had to resign. Classic, <sighs> what a king. Yeah, no. And then
1: also as a Catholic, and my family was Catholic, it was, uh, I would want to, I want to say it was genuinely hilarious how much, like, you think of, like, anti-Catholic bias, kind of like anti-Irish bias, like a thing of the past America that doesn't exist, like, right? Everybody probably, no. <laughs> In Lexington, anti-Catholic bias was very real and very alive as evidenced by like multiple people telling me that like they would get upset when they heard I was Catholic and tell me that like we're basically policy- polytheists because people will like you know do like a oh, little the saints yeah saints like a little prayer to the yeah. patron saint of like uh lost item saint anthony or something if they lose something stuff like that people would often tell me about that people would often try to get me to go to their church to convert me to whatever weird branch of protestantism they were yeah that was another interesting thing but lexington outside of religion i would say another way to describe it was since we were suburbia but there was not much interesting going on mm-hmm. the main the main social life of a lot of people seemed to revolve around what fast casual restaurant you were gonna go get food out with your friends other than yeah, that be part of it.
0: it was based around what house you would go to to basically sit around and do nothing yeah that was a big part of it um and then i guess like uh what was within walking distance from your house and walking distance meant a whole different thing for us as kids because we were willing to walk very far (laughs) if it meant we could go to somewhere that wasn't uh that was any more interesting than our current surroundings people in high school went buck wild were super
1: excited when starbucks opened in lexington that was such a big deal and it was by and far an incredibly popular place to go like just like I don't know that was like the cultured cool kids thing to do was to go to the starbucks across from the walmart when that
0: opened in like 10th or 11th grade oh yeah 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 dude i i honestly don't even (laughs) well i know what i remember what we used to do we used to smoke weed and drink (laughs) Uh, but i don't like no oh right uh i know what we used to do we used to read the uh, bible watch uh uh, watch veggie tales together (laughs) um uh, I think that's mostly what everyone else in small towns everywhere does. I- I'm trying to think of like younger years before all that started what I would do for fun. I mostly just yeah, we like, would walk around the woods a the lot woods. in middle school, just just walk yeah. around the woods, <laughs> well, Paul had a Paul for some reason had a bamboo forest in uh near his apartment, or near his uh housing. That was a my weirdly magical house.
1: thing I'll never be able to explain. The fact that like if you walked far enough into the woods behind my house, you would just like enter a bamboo for- forest like you
0: were in like rural China or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, it was uh, it was beautiful. Also, I guess uh so pa- Paul's uh, uh neighborhood and uh, there, there is a difference there in, in Paul and I's experience of uh, Lexington is uh, he actually lived really, you know, in that social center of a neighborhood, whereas <laughs> I was off in the woods by myself with uh, just our little family uh, separated from everybody else in Gilbert.
1: Yeah, yeah. Living in a neighborhood really got me close to people uh, by proximity of people who would grow up to be sex offenders, petty criminals, and <laughs> oh, generally and the worst, Instagram crack addicts. Yeah, (laughs) and by far, by far, the worst Instagram influencers. No, I. I, I, It's interesting what friendships based off proximity and nothing else. What types of like people who you usually wouldn't have spent time with you would end up spending a lot of time with.
0: Yeah, I mostly just had that with my neighbors, where um, we're all grown up and very different people now, but we all hung out a lot as kids. You know, when you're a kid. It's kind of the joke about how, like, g- fucking first graders will walk up and just be like, you, you want to be friends? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's Like, that's the conversation that leads to two people hanging out as kindergartners or, like, first graders. Uh, and I think that drives a lot of, like, um, you're just little, like, particles of gas. And if you're close enough to where you bump into each other, you just automatically interact with each other. Was there anything Lexington was known for? Flight deck? Because I know, uh... oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that guy was my soccer coach uh, one Flight year. Flight Deck wasn't a guy, Adrian. It was a restaurant. Yes, it was owned by... Uh... Uh, morph that out but uh yeah i used to he was my soccer coach one year and uh his daughter and i played together wait i heard flight deck closed i was going to suggest people is that true did it close oh i don't know my mom will be devastated uh she loves their fried egg plant well
1: if it's still open feel feel free if you're driving through Lexington to to stop at flight deck it's the type of place i went twice and not very often at all um
0: so gilbert interestingly enough uh, their claim to fame is that every fourth of july they have a peach festival so that's the interesting thing about uh, the town where I technically grew up. Uh, I don't think Lexington really has anything really like that, I guess, other than Flight Deck. N- no claim to fame for Lexington. Uh, yeah, I think you and I mostly just stuck around at Hunter's house a lot. <laughs> Which, if we're. So um, I-, I don't know. Hunter is such a character. Like, I guess you guys should know that we don't think of him badly, but he does have a lot of. Um, interesting traits. And so, one of his traits is that he's very easily embarrassed and that <laughs> he's not very good at dealing with it. So, there are multiple times where, like, we'd be at Paul's house, we'd have nothing to do. So, one time we went to the dollar store and we bought kites. And so, we were just going to hang around Paul's neighborhood and fly kites, or at least try to fly a kite. Yeah, that, that was such uh, a fun idea. It, I, I was like, pretty yeah, hyped yep. for
1: that. I was like, so we
0: haven't flown a kite in a while. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> So this was high school and then because it was in Paul's neighborhood, we were doing it in like this basketball court area and there's like a, a pond nearby where like some dudes like to come and fish. And so as soon as people who we knew from high school pulled up, Hunter was so embarrassed about the fact that we were trying to fly kites <laughs> and that that's what we were doing with our day. And like he was just so mad about the fact that we were doing that. And there was another time where I think you and I like just were like sword fighting with each other with pool noodles as like another activity where we were just trying to find something fun to do and hunter was so against it because he thought it looked too nerdy or whatever yeah (laughs) um that dude was so obsessed with like the optics (laughs) of our hangouts hunter is awesome
1: so many good attributes but yes he was like he was very obsessed with a 1980s notion of popularity Uh, which i don't think anybody was gonna
0: hold us to part of that was also so driving is so central to having freedom as a suburbanite and so hunter like i think still has like a A deep hole in his heart of him still never having a driver's license because he all throughout high school he never got one and he was always really mad that like everyone had to drive him around and then he moved to germany for undergrad where you don't like it's hard to get one and you don't really need one and now he's in china and i think it's the same thing so like uh, there's like this uh deep-seated vacuous part of uh, hunter's soul that will never be fulfilled until he gets a driver's license
1: (laughs) is this our opportunity to tell the story of the time that ben won a few thousand dollars from sarah lee and oh yeah and we all got to that's that's a great story that's another time where hunter's embarrassment over being a nerd stopped him from doing something super fun because one of our friends did not go yeah he didn't go him and fergus both didn't go because they thought it was like nerdy or weird (laughs) god but one of our friends won a sarah lee competition and they paid for they he got like a cash prize like a large cash prize and on top of that they hosted a party for all his friends to see High School Musical 2 in theaters early. And so me and Adrian were in that group of people he considered friends. So we got invited to see High School.
0: Well, I think I was his best friend at that time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we got to go to the movie theater and see High School Musical 2. And they put out a literal red carpet for us. (laughs) Like they rolled up a red carpet to our super shitty Lexington movie theater. And we got like a bunch of like High School Musical lunchboxes. We got a High School Musical backpack and poster and a Sarah Lee lunchbox. Yeah. It was like... Actually, yeah, a very yeah. nice memory, and then we just got like a bunch of large popcorns and a bunch of large sodas, and we all went in there and watched High School Musical two, and just got to be like loud and
0: obnoxious. It was it was a good time. Am I miss uh, am I misremembering that they made us dance at one point? <laughs> I don't know if I was around for that part. I feel like at the end of the movie, they made us have a dance along to one of the songs or something. Um, but I might be that might be a false memory. This is why you don't trust eyewitness testimony. Um, but yeah, the interesting thing about that is his family. I don't know if you know this, but it, it's like a, it was a thing for them that they like if any kind of bottle cap uh, 12 pack of like soda or like anything had a competition that you could enter for it. They always did it. And so like they had won like a lifetime supply of Sprite before. It was a bit of luck, I feel like. And they're a very lucky family in, in general. Uh, they had a very charmed aesthetic to uh, the way that they presented themselves. So that was that was a thing that their family did that they would like always um, enter any kind of contest that they could and so maybe that's maybe there's a story there and a lesson to be learned about perseverance so paul uh fondest memory from lexington oh my god
1: um leaving
0: <laughs> you know what's really funny is uh i'm not particularly fond of uh where i live now which is davis i really liked living in sacramento a lot better and so i'm a student advisor so for incoming phd students they like have a meeting with me where i you know tell them how to do grad school and so one of them was asking me about davis um and i'd already made a few jokes about it being a boring place and so she was like uh this i know this is like a weird thing to say but like uh i know davis is really flat and i like i've always been in like really hilly mountainous areas like are there areas that are more scenic uh like near davis or like places you can go hiking and i was like oh yeah i would argue that the best thing about davis is your ability to leave it and go somewhere else um which i don't maybe wasn't appropriate i don't think there is in general i don't think i was appropriate with how much i was shitting on davis during that meeting but that just reminded me of that
1: yeah i guess for anybody who's a fan of shitting on sacramento watch ladybird it's really about about shitting on the city of sacramento but then learning to love it well it's more about
0: shitting on davis right like there's two explicit davis jokes too oh really i don't remember that uh, I think she makes a joke about Davis being like a farmer's college or something like that. <laughs> uh, and that there's one other thing I can't remember, but uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, so Lexington. Oh, by the way, uh, I guess I have a kind of an interesting question or maybe it's not interesting. We'll see what your answer is. Cause uh, I've always thought it's funny. And I always say that it's interesting. Like in, when I talk about my background that um, my parents originally immigrated to Los Angeles and then decided that it was too dangerous and I never really got there like thinking or reasoning behind well LA is too dangerous so we'll go to the closest place that's not dangerous Lexington South Carolina <laughs> and like I don't think I've ever actually asked like I've sat them down and asked them like what what was the rationale for this choice um but yeah is there a reason why your parents specifically picked uh, Lexington was like your dad's job or yeah, something
1: exactly my dad's job uh, okay he, he got it
0: in Canada gotcha. and they asked him to come to Lexington South Carolina mm, and he jumped at the chance could you imagine if you had grown up in Canada and I'd grown up in Los Angeles? God, if I'd grown up in Nova Scotia,
1: I'd fucking be like a lobster farmer right now. Actually, that might be a better life. I
0: like that aesthetic for you.
1: <laughs> I'm wearing those like really shiny like yellow yeah. raincoats. <laughs>
0: the overall, like the, yeah. Dude, that's a good The one fit. the test wear. I love that. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> That'd be adorable and cool. That's a great combo. Yeah, if I grew up in Los Angeles. I would have gotten to go to a UC school for free, I think, if you're, if you, I don't, actually, I don't think that's true. <laughs> if you grew up in Los Angeles, what, you you just took up, like, a, a
1: massive, like, Trollo aesthetic. You just, like oh he, my god yeah you wore, wore your buttoned up shirts with only one button at the top <laughs> i like that for you adrian i like that for you some really horribly like etched on tattoos
0: yeah i would have uh not listened to ben shapiro and i probably would have gotten into gangs and stuff you know personal responsibility would not have been Adrian's strong suit if i'd grown up in los angeles s.a do you know about these s.a do you know about these bees
1: their dna how they evolve <laughs> the systems of interaction <laughs>
0: And how they evolve over time, the systems of interaction. That would have been you, Adrian. In previous times, I've imagined what cowboy Adrian would be like, but I'm really falling in love with the idea of, uh, (laughs) geneticist, cholo, cholo
1: geneticist, Adrian, (laughs) (laughs)
0: you
1: you still, your, your love of Darwin and genetics and biology. That's still all there.
0: (laughs) That was intrinsic. That would have happened no matter what. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe LA Adrian would have been more artsy. Maybe that's what I missed out on. Mm. Uh actually no, yeah, I'll guess I'll go ahead and comment that almost certainly not. Like if I had grown up in LA, I don't think I would have been as interested in science. Like a large part of my science initial uh interest was um growing up in the backwoods of South Carolina combined with a turn against religion and having to find some other way to uh framework how I understood the world and then science and like biology being like Oh, this is a way more interesting and fulfilling way to think about the world.
1: Yeah, do you think...
0: Not that there's a dichotomy for all you people, you can be both.
1: Well, do you think
0: our personalities
1: are affected by us, like, naturally fighting against the, like, the system of where we grew up? Do you think we're just, like... Yeah, 100%, yeah. Yeah, if we grew up somewhere more liberal, do you think we would necessarily be, like, we would have to have found something else to rebel against rather than, like, rebelling against ignorance because we grew up in lexington south carolina if we grew up in like in la what would we have to what would we have to kind of like prove we were different i guess
0: oh i don't know that's a really tough question
1: i don't think i would have been
0: conservative i don't i just don't think that's built into me at a base level yeah i don't think so either i think you're too empathetic yeah i don't i don't know actually that's a good question it's kind of uh so one of the things that's interesting about it is whenever i tell people in california that i'm from south carolina it always takes them back a little bit specifically because part of the way that i speak is really shaped by trying to not talk like the people i grew up around so uh yeah like a lot of people say that i have like a very white passing voice or whatever Um, and i don't think speaking with a southern accent makes you any like less white passing but like the very like proper way that i try and speak is very much colored by like not wanting to ever say y'all so i grew up saying you guys specifically because i didn't want to sound like the hicks in our town and now y'all is cool and people are stealing our culture uh uh, our birthright to say y'all because it's more gender inclusive but you know it's whatever uh okay so really quick i want to do my the abc segment for the podcast um adrian's beer corner a, B, so today C. from jack rabbit oh okay i, I it's won't easy come, as one, I won't two, come up with an awesome <laughs> an awesome oh you want to do a do you want to uh paul do you want to do an intro to adrian's beer corner No, you ruined it okay well y'all are gonna have to wait for that one uh so this week from jack rabbit i have their equatorial tropical ipa it is a refreshing and juicy ipa jack rabbit brewing open up happiness <laughs> too much what do you no, think i love
1: it lo- aj <laughs> and do you have one of those apps where you rate the beers you drink so that people can follow along and friend you oh god i w- would you be friends with me if i did no i don't do that no i mean i wouldn't but i'm sure we have a lot of weirdos we already know we have
0: a lot of weirdos who listen to this podcast <laughs> and nerds so y'all freaks we already know yeah uh no i think i i was <laughs> into it for like a day and it, it got really boring i would do that if i got really into wine because i think the tasting notes for wine are way more like nuanced um i once went
1: to a brewery and i don't know if you've ever seen this but where somebody like is at a brewery with like a notes sheet and they have like the sampler and they're taking like a thing a sample of everything and then they're actually
0: like writing notes in the early days of life hacks that was one that i heard where if you want to get really good service at a restaurant go alone and bring a notepad so they think that you're a critic yeah what a good advice for the loneliest person on earth always eat alone <laughs> <laughs> You know, I almost brought in an article about eating alone because I have a strong stance on it where I think... uh, I actually like it. Actually, I have a strong... I have a strong middle ground approach to it, yeah. So I think uh, for people who say that it's sad and lonely, uh, that's dumb. Sometimes you don't want to coordinate with someone and you want some good food. But for the people who are like, it's the most empowering thing you can do. It's actually the bravest thing to do to eat alone. Uh, no, it's it's just something you do. <laughs> like It doesn't need to be either one of these really strong opinions.
1: Well, I have that for movies, which is, I think I like to see a lot more like art films and like stupid films than a lot of people like to see shout out to my friend Sifronzo who's always up for a good movie and a great buddy to ask to go see movies with because he's always down
0: yeah Sifron
1: sounds like the name of somebody who would be into art house movies so oh no he's not but he just like likes all movies oh okay I think specifically he's actually like a big DC universe movie fan
0: wait not marvel the superior one i think <laughs> DC? He,
1: i think so i'm not into comic book movies at all but i think he acknowledges that marvel is better but he's rooting for the dc universe to be successful and get mm. better and get like more money and better directors into it
0: because he likes the comics better
1: i think that's it yeah he likes the comics and worlds better Oh, that makes I don't want to speak for him. Uh, Sifron, if you take any issue with this, I don't think you listen to this podcast, but I'll I'll, I'll point you to this episode <laughs> specifically so that you can, uh, yeah, so you can listen to what I said about you and let me know if I misrepresented your opinion. All right, but that
0: actually- All right, Paul, that's enough bullshit.
1: No, no, the perfect transition, because I can also introduce this as Sifron is a proud Jewish man, and for this week's first advice column, I have an advice column called A Bental Brief, which I guess "Bintel" is probably something in Yiddish, but it's like Yiddish advice column from the early twentieth century. So I'm actually beating the record I set last week for earliest advice column we did, and now I'm doing one nice. from much, much earlier, 1911. And so this was written. Just by wait Abraham. until I bring
0: an advice column that's in cuneiform. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, this this column was uh, written by Abraham Cahan, the uh, editor of The Forward, which was a uh, Jewish immigrant's paper from the early 20th century. And honestly, reading through these, they are freaking awesome. They're like, they're surprisingly relatable and heartfelt and cool questions. And I enjoy it a lot. The only other thing I would mention about this is I also recently watched the seth rogan movie an american pickle and aesthetically like if you want to pair reading these advice columns with watching an american pickle it's like a lot of the same topics because an american pickle is about like that uh that eastern european early 20th century new york jewish new york immigrant and this advice column is basically about the exact same list of issues so it like it jumped out at me immediately
0: um Interesting. Paul, you never, you told me you're going to give me your review on that movie. Do you want to do a PMC really quick, Paul's Movie Corner?
1: It wasn't as funny
0: as most Seth Rogen movies, but it was different enough.
1: A a little bit of background, me and Adrian both enjoy Seth Rogen movies quite a bit. Seth Rogen, James Franco style uh, comedies are something we both like to watch. It's not really in that vein, but it is good in its own right, and it's it's cool and interesting so it's definitely worth a watch i wouldn't put it at the top of your list it's not a
0: so on like on a scale to like knocked up to um uh, the dictator wait the interview <laughs> well that's my point it's
1: outside of that scale it's not really in the same uh it's not in the same lane as his other movies it's still a comedy it's still funny but it's just it's too different to really be put up against them it, it's definitely not a pineapple express i'll tell you that Uh, If you don't have an HBO Max subscription, Mm. don't run out to pay for one
0: just to watch an American Paul will give you his account. Just just send him a DM and Paul will give you his account information. The most interesting part was the
1: characterization of the Jewish immigrant uh, fleeing from the Cossacks and going to New York. So that character and Mm. his characterization were the interesting parts and the fun parts of the movie. So that's why this advice column like jumped out at me so starkly when I read it. You might be wondering how this relates to our theme this episode of Hometowns. So in the Bental Brief in a 1911
0: column. Sorry, Paul, really quick. I can't get over how you calling it or the name of this just it feels like we're doing the same blood joke from last week. The blood. It joke? sounds like you're modifying words. Yeah. The uh, what's a bracket. The Bental Brief just sounds like you're changing words and adding a <laughs> beat. The front for some reason to me. <laughs> so many people aren't going to get that joke.
1: Well, that's why you listen to Big Facts No Cap, the dedication to craft. It's a braft. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this gentleman asks, Ah home, my beloved home. My heart is heavy for my parents whom I left behind. I want to run back, but I am powerless. I am a coward because I know that I have to serve under Phony, the czar, for three years. I am lonely in my homesickness and i beg you to be my counsel as to how to act respectfully va
0: i think you're right in terms of the universality and timelessness of these questions mm-hmm. um, how to deal with homesickness you, you know it's interesting I, i've never felt homesick in a really like strong way before as much as i like where I, um you know the people back home uh, well actually no i've actually had homesickness for South Carolina, in terms of Columbia, where I went to college, but not as much for Lexington. Well, I think it's, Um, I think the only time I was going to say, I think that this is because we've
1: both moved to places who are fundamentally like we're still in the same culture. I think this is more in the vein of both our parents who are immigrants, the type of homesickness they feel, which is the homesickness just to be around your people, to be around people who understand
0: your culture and your common struggle in life yeah and that's absolutely true my my parents talk about guatemala all the time and how much they miss it and my mom goes back like i think like once a year at this point um yeah yeah that's definitely a whole different league of its own so uh, yeah when
1: i read this i didn't really relate it to my own things i immediately related it to my parents and how i think they feel about uh about that sort of cultural homesickness more than the literal like i want to be in the four walls that constituted my childhood home or just i want to be around my people in my
0: culture right yeah uh yeah and so uh what's your advice or what do do you what do you think about this i think uh yeah it's like it was
1: a well-stated question i somehow this person i'm sure is long dead but like i felt i felt emotional for them in a really weird way Mm -hmm. um i think the advice is you're in 1911 you, you can't just hop on a plane you're not an eight hour car ride from your college dorm to your parents house like what can you do man i'm sorry i think uh i think you gotta i think you gotta tough it out
0: do you want to do a dear Polly and berate this person for being in 1911 where they can't do that <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is what dear Polly would do
0: <laughs> she'd be like let's um, get into what's wrong with you actually <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm i'm gonna say as a food lover find someone who makes food from back home either a restaurant or someone i don't know how it worked in 1911 I don't know if it was the time like in Greek myths where you could just go up to people in their door and say, please take me in for the night and feed me. And then, you know, they do it. And it's like, oh, I'm Zeus. I'll grant one of your wishes. Uh, But yeah, uh, um, yeah, maybe 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 find something that can connect you to your home like that. And I think food would be the most obvious one that sticks out to me. But if yeah, if you really have no way of alleviating it in the most direct way possible, you have to take one of those kind of routes where you're putting these proxies for home in your life.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good answer.
0: Yeah, food, language, maybe.
1: I don't know if uh, what language you spoke. uh I guess he mentioned the Tsar, so maybe he's uh, Russian, or maybe he speaks, yeah. uh, or maybe he spoke Hebrew with his local community. I don't really know for sure what he would have spoken back where he's from. So maybe find like some local Russian Jews that you can speak Russian with, and I'm sure that would also similarly like food be a little bit of a like a, a salve to kind of relax that. Home, that style of homesickness um but yeah i'll go ahead and jump into the answer adrian and so this was actually another part of what pulled me to this uh to this so well part of this answer is just like like ah uh, it's it's awesome how great and well written the answer is and the metaphor they use is like kind of perfect and poetic and beautiful for the fact that i just don't think you would get something like that in a burn advice column answer but
0: well, the chef I was born in a wrong
1: generation. Am I right, Adrian? Everything nowadays is just Nicki
0: Minaj
1: <laughs> booty slap trash. We got to go back to 1911 for this classy stuff.
0: <laughs> I want to be in a time before clapping cheeks was a thing. When everyone kept their cheeks nice and still. <laughs> oh, God. Okay.
1: Okay. So the answer. The answer states that almost all immigrants yearn deeply for their dear ones in home at first. They are compared with plants that are transplanted to a new ground. At first, it seems like they are withering, but in time, most of them revive and take root in the new earth. The advice to this young man is that he must not consider going home, but try to take root here. He should try to overcome all these emotions and strive to make something of himself, so that in time, he will be able to bring his parents here. Yeah, that is pretty beautiful. Yeah, I really enjoyed that uh, taking root metaphor. But... Also, I don't think we'll have have a lot to say about that. So I saw saw another another little piece here in a question. So we don't have to read the whole question and answer. Uh, I'll I'll just give a small breakdown of this question, which is from 1909. uh, This person basically writes in saying, me and my bros were having an argument about whether or not women should be allowed to vote. Oh, God. But no, no, he takes the right side of the issue. He's just like, you know, I was like, I was pretty upset that my friend thought women shouldn't be allowed to vote. And then he writes this sentence, which was so... Do you think he's faking this to virtue signal? <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> which is so like, it felt like it could be like, you switch one or two words and it could be from today. Must the women be considered a slave and the men a master? Isn't it obvious then that women in many cases are themselves to be cleverer than men? These same people who recently celebrated the 100th birthday of Abraham Lincoln for having freed the slaves now talk with a satirical grin about women's freedoms, just as the opposite of the socialist movement point out that socialism will be harmful so that those who argue against voting rights for women say this will destroy family life. So this guy is basically saying something that to this day I still think about a lot and is so relevant, which is the people who... Take pride in being the progressives of 20 years ago, but won't ever take one step further into believing in basic human dignity and the rights of all people. So there's like people nowadays who are the people when we were growing up in middle school who were like, you know, anti-gay. And nowadays they're all for gay marriage, but you ask them about
0: trans rights and that's that's a step too far because they're not really it's basically the segment of society who you have to like drag along with you exactly while everyone else is like well while we're while people are actually making progress you just have to drag them with exactly. you. exactly and it's it's still
1: such a real thing to this day and this guy's saying the exact same thing he's like oh my god these people are they're so into abraham lincoln well f- fuck you that's easy nowadays they've we know that slavery is immoral you need to get on the next thing which is obviously women should be allowed to vote And it's just, it's so funny to me that it's just like,
0: goddamn, like this is an endless battle. We're never gonna, (laughs) I don't know. It's a Sisyphean task for sure. Uh, Yeah, this is like that video of Pastor or whatever who talks about, uh, he uses all these biblical arguments. It's a video online, it's pretty popular, where he uses all these biblical arguments against uh, gay relationships And then the whole like twist at the end is he's like, these are the same arguments that we made. Try and stall uh, getting interracial marriage accepted. exactly And we're just rehashing and reusing these things over and over again every time we move the Overton window a little bit further. So uh, it's good to know that it's an endless struggle and that we'll never get out of it. Yep, basically. And then for him to also just be uh,
1: just as the opponents of the (laughs) socialist movement point out that socialism will be harmful so those who argue against voting for rights say that it'll destroy the family life. This guy, oh my god, he needs to he needs to come to twenty he needs to come to twenty twenty. Comrade. My my man. And then he signs it off with with socialist regards. Comma, which Adrian, how do you feel about changing Damn. your uh, Davis signature to with socialist
0: regards? I actually love that. I'm uh that's great, and I love, dude. So this guy needs to be tra- teleported. <laughs> or this guy needs to time travel or be pickled into twenty twenty <laughs> because he will be someone who comes in here and is not going to be canceled because of uh, he's a, a product of his times. <laughs> he's, he's actually perfectly able to probably navigate our society with uh with good takes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen American Pickle: the uh <laughs> the pickled the pickled time traveler <laughs> gets canceled.
0: Yeah, so it's actually a common thing where like. I'm sure everyone who sends a lot of emails has the same issue but yeah uh, i see a lot of like grad students trying to be cute with how they sign off their emails because they don't want to just use best or take care or thanks like everybody else um and so this is actually a really good one that i'm going to add to my toolkit <laughs> <laughs> i did end uh, an email to my advisor pretty recently with in solidarity as we were talking about black lives matter <laughs> Uh, which I thought was kind of corny, but I thought it was uh, at the time I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, I'm glad he shares my views on this. So I'm going to end it with that. And then the, the the answer, just for those who are
1: interested, the answer is also pro-women getting the right to vote. And even, you know, uh, you know, just part of it is justice can reign among people only when they have all equal rights. If one has more power than the other, it leads to injustice. Those men who are opposed to giving women the same rights They possess are acting from tyrannical instincts because they actually want to rule the women, which I mean, it's so obvious that women should be allowed to vote nowadays. But this is from a time when this is something you could actually debate amongst your friends. And. A lot of people speak on this, but just, like, how cool, progressive, and powerful the early, like, Jewish immigrants to New York. Like, uh, how many, like, great academic and political thinkers we got from that era. And obviously, then all of their grandchildren are our best comedians. So, I don't know what was
0: in the juice back then, but there was something cool going on. (laughs) What was in the pickle juice? (laughs) Uh, One thing that I'll say really quick, too, is that, like, I mean, you kind of described this one in, in this particular instance as it being... These you know bros having a conversation, but it's so deep. So like I for a while went through Eleanor Roosevelt's advice uh, columns in her book on advice, uh, and I didn't bring one in, and I probably won't because they're all really short. But one of them was like a woman suburbanite asking uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, like, should we be allowed to vote? <laughs> like it's so like like it's not just like men who like had these thoughts and like had these uh debates like even women themselves were like i don't i don't know how i feel about my ability to vote should i be able to vote and it's just so it's crazy how internalized these like things are and like how it really wasn't it's yeah this whole idea of like it being the norm and so obvious now and then like you read that like the thoughts of a woman in suburbia who like is not sure whether or not she should be allowed to work from the home and (laughs) whether or not she should actually be allowed to vote is so crazy
1: yeah, yeah. I, it, actually, at the beginning of this, I guess he must be a part of some sort of like social club because he does mention that it was actually a mixed group of thirty men and uh, ten women, um, among them religious mm. and non-religious people, which I think is interesting. I didn't know back then there was like. It was okay to be openly non-religious, but...
0: Dude, this guy sounds progressive as fuck. I'm assuming he asked everybody if they were religious and also what their pronouns were before <laughs> they started this conversation. Um, he, he seems cool. He seems cool. If you're still alive, uh, hit us up. We'll have a beer with you. 1909. Uh, I don't think that's possible. I'm going to pour some out. I'm going to pour some beautiful Jack Rabbit Equatorial Tropical IPA out for this band.
1: But yeah, overall, a bentle Brief. I thought it was all very cool. I thought everybody wrote in such a like a lot of times when you read stuff from the early 20th early 20th century it's like half and half whether or not like every vocab word would be used with exact same meaning nowadays but everything here is written in such like normal speaking English normal American speaking English but it's also written with just like a little tinge of like oh we probably wouldn't write so formally and we probably wouldn't write with so much flair and uh and metaphor right into our like advice column letters nowadays so there's like a little a little something cool to it and uh something that i mean makes nowadays it fun i'm surprised
0: there isn't an advice column that's all just emoticon yeah. right <laughs> you are right adrian these kids oh wait did you know about that uh uh where someone has uh rewritten all of moby dick but in emojis oh cool i'll read that yeah It's a fun thing that I learned from another podcast, although um, I'm going to do the Scott Ackerman here and uh, pretend that no other podcast exists. Don't listen to any other podcast. This is the only podcast you need. We invented podcasts. All right, Paul. So are we doing a sandwich where my uh, article comes in the middle?
1: Yeah. You know, start with the best, end with the best, the things that people remember.
0: Absolutely. I felt the same way about last week. How dare you? So this is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So this is Annie Lane. And so Annie Lane is another one of those really big advice columnists that like syndicates her work everywhere. So this specific source is coming from the Daily Republic in Solano, which is really close to where I live now. But I don't know where it was originally published or whatever, but it's it's an Annie Lane article. And uh, as much as I tried to find like background on Annie Lane, I couldn't really find anything. Um, It seems like she had like a couple of odd jobs uh, before she became an advice columnist and none of it's that interesting uh she did go to nyu which is my brother's uh, alma mater so shout out to nyu i guess okay so paul the article this week that i'm bringing in is called i'm tired of my college friend belittling our small town so as two people have just spent a whole bunch of time shitting on their hometown how do you feel about this paul
1: um this person sounds like they suck
0: oh the person who's mad about the, so the actual question asker
1: yeah. i don't know i don't i don't care of somebody i mean people from lexington do listen to this so let us know if anything we
0: said was an unfair characterization of lexington i think we'll be fine as long as we don't keep in my um i feel i pity everyone who's still there <laughs> <laughs> but we will uh okay yeah i think it really depends on what their actual small town is so let's read on and see what uh Let's see if they're talking about their small town of uh, New York City uh, or what we're working with here. Um, Okay, dear Annie, I currently live in a small town in rural Missouri. I grew up here and my husband grew up here and we plan on raising our own family here as well the only time i left was for college i moved to st louis for four years and enjoyed a new adventure of big city life but i moved back home right after graduation one of my best college girlfriends jessica who's also from here recently moved back for family reasons after having stayed in the city for another five years Annie, my issue is that Jessica is always complaining to me about how boring our hometown is and how she can't wait to leave, and she draws out old college experiences to make me agree with her. I've tried telling her that though I did love being in a big city, I'm really a small town person. However, she refuses to listen and keeps pressuring me to move back to St. Louis with her. Don't I miss the culture, the art, the restaurants, the job opportunities? Well yes, sometimes, but I'm happy here, and I'm happy Jessica's here too. When not complaining, she's an incredible friend. How do I keep my friendship without disregarding my town? country katie ball thoughts off top um oh my god (laughs)
1: could you like with this this is a type of like banal social stuff that i just do not have the like skills for so i don't i don't know if i'm equipped to give advice to this um my, my thing would be if i was giving very literal advice on how i would act if i like felt like somebody wasn't listening to what i was saying i would just aggressively
0: take the opposite stance and be mean about it you mean just, like, be, uh, really, uh, romanticized in, like, uh, in the way that you describe your town, or what do you mean? Let me, let me think of an example. I would, uh, whenever she brought up, like, oh, how, like, how fun the
1: big city is, I would just immediately be like, oh, yeah, oh, it's so beautiful when you're, you, whenever you're leaving the bar at 2 a.m. in the morning, and you step in, you step in a pile of dog shit, and then a homeless person spits on, you know, you just, like, aggressively make the city sound like a disgusting, he's in his place, as a... Uh, as like kind of like a mocking them for trying to make it sound so romantic type way um like i don't know this seems like such a small issue for you to be too serious about it you gotta go about it jokingly otherwise you're just a little bit too sensitive
0: i think i'm gonna go the opposite route and i think that she should challenge her to a duel (laughs) over the reputation of their small town (laughs) Mm. Uh, and that she should fight for the honor and respect that that town deserves and i think you know once their sword duel is over and she's been bested I think rules are she can't talk any more shit exactly and i think if if you're scared to duel them because they're a good
1: shot or something like that small towns notoriously are full of hicks and morons so
0: (laughs) you can have someone fight in your honor i believe that's a tradition yeah i was
1: or i was gonna say go ahead and get yourself a good old mob going with pitchforks and torches have them march on down to her place and riot so,
0: mob rule. Yeah, not a bad idea. Yeah. Um,
1: you have to go to the local church and, like, stand up on the pew Sunday morning and be like, this, this Jessica girl said
0: you're all stupid and stinky and they'll all be wearing overalls and they'll be like, what, what'd she say about them They'll all be wearing overalls with, like, the, uh, peanuts, uh, like, stinky lines coming from them <laughs> yeah. while they're like, what in tarnation did she just say? What in tarnation
1: did she say about us?
0: They have a, they have a thing <laughs> of hay coming out of their mouth. <laughs> she took her she's they spit into a metal bucket <laughs> well i will not stand for that
1: and um, yeah so you can get them to go get her
0: yeah so basically you're saying that she should get canceled <laughs> which is always your advice <laughs> is cancel the person you're mad at hey that's mob rule
1: that's that's classic small town shit that's you don't have to cancel
0: <laughs> mm. yeah that'd also be very effective in lexington the town where um Notoriously, we have a barbecue place owned by a KKK member. <laughs> so you could probably very easily get people uh, which, riled up at certain people if you wanted to and weaponize our town.
1: The crazy thing about that was he exclusively staffed it with black employees, which I don't know what that was
0: about. But I think I know exactly what that aesthetic <laughs> is about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, never mind. <laughs> I guess that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So the uh oh. So the, the really serious thing that I'll say is um I know exactly what she should say to this person and it's so easy I went to St Louis for an entomology conference last year it sucks st louis is shit dude oh yeah i think take your approach because st louis is not a good city dude the food is terrible it's not a particularly beautiful city there's not really anything that cool to do there it fucking sucks dude like st louis like she's complaining about how much she wants to go back to st louis the place where the signature food is fried ravioli uh the place where um they have like uh one of those like barcades and that's like the most fun thing i did the entire time i was there st louis the place where they have a a wacky museum that's basically a big adult playground like dude yeah that's the obvious answer here is that st louis sucks if someone's trying to like guilt you into going back into st louis say hey maybe we should go somewhere cool (laughs) instead (laughs) and for all of our st louis based uh uh, listeners i I apologize for my characterization i'm just telling it how it is
1: (laughs) yeah no uh i think that would be the better approach i really think going too seriously in my estimation of things, uh, this kinda reminds me of <laughs> and this might be the first time Sam learns about this. I don't know if he'll know about it before I I think he might be a listener of this podcast, but my friend Sam, uh, in college, uh another kid had an issue with him because freshman year of college, Sam would always uh this other kid Sam was quite good at League of Legends. And I've never played, but I've come to understand that mm. they have different tiers. Like you're either gold, silver or uh bronze tier and this other kid was bronze tier and sam would always he would i guess sam was silver tier and this other kid he would always like try to talk to sam about the game and he would just be like like what what characters do you like such and such and sam would always just be like i don't want to talk to you you're bronze tier that's shit man i don't even want to i don't even want to talk to you about league and then the other kid would just like kind of look so look away sad And then one day he... Oh, go ahead.
0: Can I quickly interject that I think it's so funny if if you add the context of Sam's um, enforcement of the caste system, (laughs) uh, the context that he is Indian.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I never even thought about that. God damn it. Um, Uh, Yeah, Sam was very pro caste system as an Indian man. Um,
0: Yeah, he was like, hey, bronze tier, if you're coming around, bang some sticks so I know to get out of (laughs) here.
1: and then it got to the point where he played and played and he eventually got the silver tier
0: oh i love the progression of the story okay and so what happens so he comes and
1: tells sam and sam just immediately goes silver tier dude what the fuck i'm i'm gold tier now that's shit like i don't even care oh my god yes that's that's so good and then he looked sad and then uh, jacob who i've mentioned in this podcast before that kid went and told jacob he was like he was just <laughs> he did this he did what this character in this story wants to do which is he went and we like made it way too serious for like just getting like ragged on he was just <laughs> like just like really hurts my feelings when sam makes fun of me for being bronze to you <laughs> oh my god <laughs> And and Jacob went and had the talk with Sam to stop being mean to him about it.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. It was awesome. It was, I don't know, it was the funniest thing to me. Um, Did you ever respond to, like, something he said by saying, shut up, Bronze Tear? No, no. (laughs) He seemed so sad about it. (laughs) He felt too cruel. It just seems to me like, like, I want it to be in my head I imagine it like an Always Sunny, where they're throwing salt at the slug girl, and they're telling her to go <laughs> away. <laughs> like, I just want- I want Sam to just, like, really lean into it in my head when I think about these memories.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, he would. I mean, that was just, like, Sam's energy towards life was just always to be dismissive. I think he also would always- this is something he said to Jacob all the time, which- also got on his nerves which was he would always like if somebody asked him oh what are you talking about he'd go i'll tell you when you're older and that would piss people off to <laughs> such a weird amount I'm like guys clearly he's saying it flippantly <laughs> the fact that this That's is great. like actually gets on people's nerves like at such a visceral level but that whole story is to get to the point where you can't make small issues big issues or you're the weirdo you can't go up to your friend jessica and be like i just wish you wouldn't make fun of our town like, that makes you the weirdo who's, like, too into, like, being into your town is not something that you get to be, like, it's not that important. You, you, you have to tease her back or, like, be flippant about it. It's just not an important enough thing to, like, create an issue out of.
0: So, actually, what I love about that point is that she does the same thing that every relationship person who asks a question uh, to an advice column does. Where they're like, other than this one small thing, they're a perfect partner. Where she's like, other than this thing, she's an incredible friend. It's like, why are you saying that as if the advice columnist is going to be like, <laughs> break up with her? <laughs> like... In what world is an advice columnist gonna be like, yeah, this is worth uh, cutting ties with her and never yeah, seeing her again? Yeah, this is a small like, thing, I would, I think you have a great friendship. Like,
1: get over it would be my advice. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's, it seems, I don't know. Again, this seems like um for us to have uh, made fun of a woman for characterizing men as being too flippant and like not caring about stuff. That, I mean, that's just a good attitude for a lot of things in life. Like, yeah, this is a silly thing to worry about too much. Like, dude, just, just, uh, take it on the chin yeah yeah you don't need to be your town's defendant you don't need to as much as you love your small town like this really isn't a big deal so we'll cut one of the stories
1: i told we'll either cut the one about sam but also there's another story i want to tell which reminds me of this and it's shorter my brother had uh one of his high school friends over and at this point he was in college already and one of his friends uh i think the uh i think uh, the day before, it had been like the UN's, USC-Clemson game, and USC had just lost, and his, his friend was from U- USC, and I saw him wearing a USC shirt, and at this point, like, I must have been in middle school, and this was a college student, and I just said something flippant, like, oh, look, you're wearing the loser shirt, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just kept going on with my day, and then my brother had a very serious talk with me about it, where he was like, people actually take these things oh, very seriously, and you really hurt his feelings. Uh, and he's like, you can't you can't assume people are going to, like, understand that you're making a joke. People really care about, about their football team that their college is in. And it was just, like, even— Well, then who cares? They're the weirdo. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. They're the freak. <laughs> I mean, even in middle school, like, all I could think was, like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, come on. <laughs> like, this isn't important. Like, clearly what football team you like is a funny— it's a funny aesthetic choice it's not anything that matters in any way
0: yeah i mean this just like so i'm a big sports fan i I can't imagine wearing like a milan shirt the day after we lose and getting upset because someone points that out like it's not just the fact that like it's it's kind of a character flaw if (laughs) if you're so attached to this thing that like uh it's, it's able to ruin your day yeah if it someone is makes a weird joke about to be it so like,
1: defensive of something that's not like literally your own
0: personality yeah um yeah I don't, they're the weirdos that's little paul was perfectly within his rights to make fun of that dude who's much it, older than him who apparently is uh will is able to crumble under the slightest <laughs> mockery isn't it? it's the same thing for this where um i i have a lot of uh not hometown pride but I, I have a lot of love for columbia like a very deep love of like the four years that i spent there in undergrad um and you know the times i went when i was uh younger as well um and so whenever people hate on columbia uh i'm willing to defend it i'm willing to be like oh no i think it's more fun than you realize or when people make assumptions about like what south carolina and columbia specifically was like like uh the story that i have is um When I bought my, my last desk, it was from a a local store in Davis. And so he delivered it personally, like in his truck, um, the next day. And so he's helping me move it in. Um, at one point I mentioned from, for some reason that I'm from South Carolina and he was like, Oh boy, well, uh, Ooh, I guess it's, you're better now. Right. And uh, now that you're in California and I was (laughs) like, I, I do the thing that I always do, which I'm always like, I don't know. It's kind of the same wherever you go. And obviously that's not true, but it's kind of like my response to take all of the, um, to completely deflate that sentiment um especially like and i'll I'll sometimes follow up like i remember saying the extra point of like uh, i was in south carolina and specifically an undergrad like i lived in a liberal city and uh it was at a university and especially if you're someone like me where you're moving from university to university that little bubble is kind of going to be the same no matter where you are um and so yeah that like real like uh visceral like columbia south carolina good thing you got out of there I, 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 uh, it doesn't upset me, but I do have like a locked and loaded response for like, eh, I don't know. It was perfectly fine. I actually really enjoyed the place.
1: <laughs> yeah. Columbia. I also mostly, uh, I don't have too many issues with Columbia. Do we, do, do we want to do the classic Paul and Adrian try to push people to their favorite spots? Uh, because go grab yourself some DePrados Prado's, uh, brunch, Columbia, place South for brunch. Carolina. Yeah. Good sandwiches. Uh, great pimento and cheese. and
0: Great pimento cheese. Oof, with the uh, pita chips, that place is banging. out. Uh, I have a whole lot of recommendations, but I think the biggest one I'll say is uh, shout out to the wig. Go to the wig if you're in Columbia. All
1: right. So Adrian, do you want to jump into uh, dear Annie Lane's response?
0: Yeah, let's do this. So, okay. So dear country Katie, it's time to remind your city loving friend of the value of small town humility. Be very clear with Jessica that though you appreciate and understand what she loves about a big city, you and your husband prefer the quiet of the country. Tell her that when she's not complaining, she's an incredible friend. In the end, she will appreciate your honesty, and perhaps still cause her to pause and reflect on her current life, what's making her unhappy, and what she could do to change it, as opposed to reminiscing about her glory days in college.
1: Yeah, I mean, that seems fine. Like I said, it wouldn't be my advice, but I can't really, I don't have too much issues with it. I think I already pointed out why I wouldn't take this route for such a seemingly small problem. If it's really, so I like um... if it's like hearing her make fun of your town literally is like, the sound of nails on chalkboard, if that's what it sounds like to you for whatever reason, it's just like a particularly sore sensitive spot with you, which I get some people have that with certain things. And it's like, okay, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have that, that sort of talk with her. But if you're like that about everything in your life, if you're, if you feel that way about your hometown, but also if anybody makes fun of like, I don't know, your favorite sports team, or if anybody makes fun of uh, your favorite color or your favorite, uh, or your favorite animal, or your favorite number, you just get really unhappy, maybe then you need to look at why you are defining yourself by these things so intensely that you're letting it make it, you unhappy when other people are being flippant and playing around.
0: Yeah, I think I was initially going to say something about how not every issue in a relationship needs to have like a sit-down talk about it, but I don't actually know if I feel that way, honestly. I think if you have a good enough friendship with a person, it can be a, a, a casual sit-down talk where you, you let them know that you don't enjoy it and i think that's fine and like communication's good if you let them know it's a problem then they might also stop doing it and so combined with maybe developing an ability to care a little bit less about this i think that's a perfectly workable uh, solution i do think that it's interesting that um annie lane uh does this kind of flip thing like we've seen in other questions where she's suggesting that um if this woman because she makes fun of the small town is deep down inside unhappy and that she needs to pause and reflect <laughs> on her current life to me that felt like a really weird like um you're making you're, uh, yeah i think she's making it a bigger deal than it is in that sense too <laughs> where uh she needs to think about what's really making her unhappy in her life that she takes it out on this poor little small town uh to me seems kind of I-, I-, I don't know about that one Annie Lane. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you can just kind of not like a place
1: <laughs> that is so true it is it is
0: i didn't even think about that that is such a weird assumption that jessica is some like jessica is gonna have a moment where she reflects and realize that what she actually hates is herself yeah like everybody has things they <laughs> think are a little bit silly and they tease like not
1: everybody well maybe i'm just i was gonna say i was gonna say like i like to make fun of marvel movies i don't think it's like due to any sort of deep unhappiness in myself but actually i just reflected and maybe it is <laughs> um
0: yeah, I think Paul and I are both deeply unhappy people. But uh... but I
1: don't think everybody who like lightly teases small towns or thinks certain things are silly. It's not indicative of some sort of deep depression or issue in their soul.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just to agree to disagree, right? Like, you know, we can talk about the, you know, um, nuances of how they communicate with each other and how often things get brought up. But at the end of the day, it's just one person likes being there and one person doesn't. They're both perfectly valid um, experiences and opinions to have. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, it just boils down to how often they're talking about this and how often she's making little jibes about, uh, the fact that they're a one horse half in town. All right. Well, I think, uh, I think that's really all I have to say about that one.
1: And I know I had another advice column, uh, rallied up Adrian, but I don't know if it's actually going to bring anything to the discussion. And, uh, are we're already running a little bit long on this episode, but, I did have a, instead of the topical tip, I did have a kind of a, a new idea I wanted to introduce to you. And, Adrian, you know about my fear of... Paul, you know I don't like change. <laughs> um. Well, uh, sometimes you have to change, Adrian. Well, Damn. All right, you got me with your big facts and logic. If you're unhappy with me for what I'm doing during this, uh, during this segment, you need to have me at a sit-down talk. You need Paul... <laughs> <laughs> what you did made me unhappy as your friend we have to talk it through there's no other way for me to deal with this other than an official this is when we talk about it moment but the idea i had was i'm afraid of growing older i'm afraid of losing touch with culture i'm afraid of becoming the the old man who doesn't know what's hip what's cool would you agree adrian are you worried about losing touch with culture are you uh are you welcoming uh are you welcoming becoming the grumpy old man who just likes what he likes? Uh,
0: I think I'm okay with it. The only time that it really uh, sunk in for me was uh, when I first heard about TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the only time I ever really experienced Vine because I was never actually on it is uh I think my roommate's girlfriend at one point got me kind of hooked on Vine compilations. So you just get like the best videos um, directly in like a continuous YouTube video. Uh, and so... I used to watch those every now and then if I wanted a little laugh and kind of every vine that I watched just in general even if I didn't think it was funny it made sense to me. I remember when I first heard about TikTok I watched a TikTok compilation and not only did I not find parts of it funny part of it just literally did not make sense in my brain as to like what does this mean? Like what is what is the person going for? What is the context? What is the idea? What is the punchline? Like it literally did not make sense to me. Sense to me, and that's when I was like, "Oh shit, I am too old for this. (laughs) I I I just don't get it." (laughs) Um, and so uh, yeah that that was that was a moment for me where I was like, "Okay, I gotta accept it." Well, this isn't a similar for the similar age group that likes TikTok. How do you feel about K-pop and more generally BTS? Um, I don't know if I have strong opinions about it. I think. i'll do another adrian hipster moment where i'll say that i listened to k-pop i think before a lot of other people like back in uh high school because my sister's friend had kind of a weep my sister had kind of this very weebish friend who was really into japanese culture and also into very big into korean culture she used to watch like korean soap operas and then she also was really early on in 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 the k-pop thing so there were a couple of songs from like k-pop artists like big bang i think where. uh I was I was on that shit before many other people. So you were on that Girls uh, Generation. You 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 liked the cuties and Girls Generation. You're all about those videos. All about it, baby. Check my wardrobe. It's just merch. But um,
1: so I I actually other than like the very big hits and things I've seen here and here here and there on YouTube, other than the uh, Soul Town Road <laughs> uh, remix, I, I I know very little little about K-pop. So I thought when I ran across this BuzzFeed quiz, pick your favorite movie from each of these genres to find out which BTS song you are. I thought this was an opportunity for me to get a custom tailored recommendation for a good BTS K-pop song. So I could understand what the kids like because I don't want to just jump into the album. But what if the, like the first song is just a turn off to me? It's just not exactly what I want to hear. So this quiz will scientifically break down which song I should listen to based on my favorite movies. Okay. So I'm excited. Um I'm excited for me and you to run through this, to get a good suggestion, and for us to take a listen to the song and see if it uh if it convinces us. Maybe it's gonna throw us into the world of K-pop, into the world of BTS, and we'll be able to hold on to our use forever. That's the goal. Okay, so pick a comedy movie is the first question. Pitch perfect grown-ups mean girls home alone dumb and dumber jumanji legally blonde or crazy rich asians i gotta go with uh all right legally do you want to do blonde. A, wait, let's do a one two three oh, oh never mind <laughs> sorry <laughs> we'll do that for the next one i gotta go with mean girls okay. or legally blonde maybe i just like uh women-led comedies but pitch perfect i don't
0: really yeah care maybe for paul's it. just woke like that <laughs> i don't really uh, care for Pitch Perfect. As much as, um as much as i love anna kendrick um I would also go with Mean Girls as the only standout from that one. Okay. so, um, uh, so... Mean Girls, dude. Young Lindsay Lohan. We got Tina Fey writing and being in the yeah. movie. We got Tim mean Meadows. Mean Girls is like, probably
1: objectively on. better, but I think Legally Blonde yeah. would have been a funnier pick, and it's also a good movie, but we'll go with Mean Girls. Okay. So the next one is pick a romance movie. And from this, our choices are The Notebook, Dirty Dancing, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, call me by your name the perks of being a wallflower titanic twilight and the kissing booth you want to three two one it
0: yeah let's three two one it uh three two one me by your Wallflower. oh (sighs) so i wanted to do call you call me by your name but i actually haven't seen it
1: (laughs) i'm gonna go Um... ahead and say you would probably love the aesthetic of the of the young gay boy in italy um
0: having a beautiful summer so uh, can, can i make a- that's actually yeah that's yeah that that is my aesthetic wrapped up <laughs> in a pretty uh neat box uh so yeah yeah I, like i said i think i would like it if i watched it i just haven't gotten around to it so I'm, I'm done with that let's put that in the next one is pick
1: an action movie so we have jurassic world avengers avatar divergent the hunger games wonder woman the guardians of the galaxy and star wars the rise of skywalker
0: all right three Two, one Jurassic
1: Hungry World. Games. <laughs> well, I meant Jurassic World, but uh, okay. I, I really have no strong opinion about this. These are all movies that I don't really care for.
0: I actually just want—I just wanted to say Hungry Games. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, wait, hold on. There was one in there that I think I actually liked the best. But, Jurassic um, World. Avengers. Oh, probably. Oh probably guardians of the galaxy would probably be the one that i actually enjoyed the most while watching okay i remember going back to trader joe's uh the day after i watched jurassic world and describing uh describing it to my manager as summer in a bottle
1: wait you meant after watching the guardians of the galaxy
0: no jurassic world oh
1: summer in a bottle that sounds like a compliment
0: oh yeah it was i think i was i was really high on an edible when i watched it so i don't think it's a fair review (laughs) um but uh okay yeah i think in terms of if i had to objectively say which one's a better movie it'd probably be guardians yeah that's probably the objectively best on this list um
1: pick a disney pixar movie coco frozen cinderella inside out beauty and the beast lilo and stitch zootopia and The Incredibles. I will say, before we even answer that- Disrespect to Ratatouille, what the fuck? I know, that is shitty as hell. Ratatouille would have definitely been my pick too. But also-
0: Yeah, that would have been mine. Yeah, that's the best one.
1: We both have an edgy opinion on one of these movies that I've yet to find anybody else who shares, which
0: is we both think Inside Out kind of sucked. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. And uh yep, I have had people give me weird looks about it. But it wasn't a good movie, right? It was just kind of boring. It wasn't a good movie, yeah. Oh, um, Um, There was one in there too that I forgot was Disney Pixar, and it's crazy how Beauty and the Beast was not.
1: That that was Disney, right? I guess all of these. Some of these were just Cinderella was too, and so was Frozen. So I guess they meant Disney or Pixar, not Disney dash (laughs) Pixar.
0: Oh god, I fucking hate Frozen, but that's a whole. That's a whole story. That's a whole other story. We can't. I didn't know you hate
1: Frozen. I thought Frozen was good. Uh,
0: I thought it was okay, and then for some reason it was a meme in our freshman dorm that they like we watched it maybe 15 or 16 times uh or it was playing in my dorm 15 or 16 times at least during that year and so i got so tired of frozen there was one time where like i got home from class they were watching frozen and i was so annoyed that i took the blanket off of my bed and went to go sleep in a study room because i was like fuck this shit i'm i'm so done with this movie like what is weird what is this weird obsession you guys have with this movie So there's an Adrian Stormout story for you. (laughs) So do you have your pick for, or well, uh, well, let's not
1: 3, 2, 1, this one. For me, it's Lilo and Stitch. I think the only other acceptable choice would be The Incredibles.
0: Ooh. uh, uh, Maybe Beauty and the the Beast, actually. Beauty
1: and the Beast is really good, but it's more of like a classic. It doesn't have the humor that Lilo and Stitch has. It's more like actually a well-done movie
0: gaston is, is one of the best yeah uh, villains, okay I think. Th- from the three of
1: those i think i'd be okay with any beauty and the beast lilo and stitch and the incredibles would all be like very strong choices what are the other ones uh coco frozen cinderella inside out and zootopia
0: um hmm. you know what's crazy as much as uh dreamworks doesn't get their flowers like the prince of egypt is better than all of those movies Ooh, interesting you heard it here uh, first. not, not shrek i thought you were about to give shrek a shout out shrek 2 <laughs> Oh, Shrek 2 is great. Uh, Yeah. Uh, d- no, The Prince of Egypt, I think, is easily better than all of those movies. Um, So I'm going to say out of those, probably... Um, uh, Yeah. No, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I think we're unanimous Lilo in our Stitch. consensus. Okay. Pick a musical.
1: Oh boy, I have not <laughs> watched a lot of musicals. Uh, Hamilton, Les Miserables, Sing, The Greatest Snowman, Hairspray, A Star is Born la la land or annie uh, the one i gonna pick i know is probably like one of the least actually good movies in this list but it's the one that i'm do you want a three two one this yeah. to
0: see if uh okay three two one hairspray, hairspray. Ah! <laughs> yeah okay awesome <laughs> uh love john travolta in it i love zach efron in it it's a great movie yeah and it, it's a fun time <laughs> um and progressive and the woman who was cast as the lead got her start from singing at Coldstone. It's such a good story. Oh, really,
1: I did not know that. That is a good story.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when yet like if you gave a tip to a Coldstone employee, they would all have to sing? Yeah. 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 So uh, that, that like uh, so the whole story behind her being found was that um, she was singing at Coldstone, and someone was like someone had their phone like called their agent and was like, Hey, uh, Hey agent guy, you know, that sound you've been looking for. Well, listen to this. <laughs> you have to drop
1: another <laughs> tip immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um yeah if i remember correctly that that was the uh story of her getting cast or something uh and so yeah hairspray was it's a really good time i've not watched it in a long time but definitely better or def- I've definitely i mean i haven't watched hamilton or like some of the other ones that might be controversial that i don't like as much but for me um hairspray's hairspray's the goat out of that yeah
1: list. i mean i've listened to the hamilton soundtrack i've watched les Mis, um a star is born i think it's supposed to be good i haven't uh seen it La La Land was good it was really well made but I don't know it's it's not it wasn't as fun as Hairspray Annie uh it's you know a cultural classic but whatever okay so pick another animated movie and I think I already know which one we're gonna pick based on looking at this list but I'll go ahead and read them out anyway Minions How to Train Your Dragon Shrek The Secret Life of Pets Megamind Coraline Kung Fu Panda or Madagascar and if it's not between Kung Fu Panda and Shrek um, but I I think Shrek's gonna edge it out (laughs)
0: um I'll, I'll give a i'll give a nod to madagascar yes just because I, I think there's some funny comedians in that movie that like make that have some pretty good performances and i think this definitely but, yeah
1: sets it's set up by our age i don't think these other movies are bad by any means i think shrek kung fu panda and madagascar all had a closer release date to when we are gonna feel nostalgia for an animated movie
0: uh so for me it, it's got to be the classic it's got to be yeah, shrek
1: okay and then the last question is finally pick an academy award-winning movie so we have black swan bohemian rhapsody dead poet society little women forrest gump toy story 4 parasite and black panther
0: Ooh, there might be a recency bias with this one
1: I've, i think i've seen all these movies and i think i would pick parasite but that's mostly because there's yeah, a lack of actually parasite. Movies on this list
0: um, uh yep that's it for me too
1: Um, okay so the song we got adrian how 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 familiar are you with bts are you gonna recognize the song
0: oh that was the whole quiz oh nice okay cool wow um if anyone wanted like some kind of um, qualitative proof about the uh, hive mind of this podcast between two people a very easygoing uh consensus through that list would it have been more fun if
1: we'd come to blows
0: probably i think that's what everyone's asking for (laughs) they keep trying to
1: tear us apart
0: but we stick together uh, okay so uh paul what is our result and let's uh let's let's listen to this banger it's
1: a boy with love l-u-v okay love, so let me sounds hot okay i have it put up and paused at zero seconds so let me know when we're gonna play this oh wait you started it
0: no this is an ad
1: ah. <laughs> this
0: is chime a mobile bank account. this is the song <laughs> <laughs> dude, okay. Do you want me to tell you when? <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to tell you when to start or do you want me to just play it? Just,
1: just pause it at 0, zero and
0: and no, dude, just tell me when to start. I have it loaded up. All right, uh, three, two, one, go. Big hit, entertainment.
1: Oh damn! it starting with a. With a really pretty girl.
0: I like the aesthetic. Yeah. Ooh, widescreen. I didn't know there were this many members of BTS. The thing about
1: male K-pop stars is that they always make me realize gender is fluid or sexuality it's <laughs> fluid i'm sorry yes. that sounded like an insult calling them girly i meant sexuality fluid who you can be attracted to <laughs> i was gonna say let's go ahead and recap our ideas of the song here uh, give a little comment we can do our big fact no cap and end it with the song sounds good uh yeah paul what was your review I thought it was really good. Those scientists at BuzzFeed, they really know what they're doing with those quizzes. I feel like we gave them the (laughs) movies we liked and maybe I just don't know it because I haven't heard enough BTS songs, but I thought, I thought that was, I thought that was, that was strong. I would, I would definitely like very much enjoy hearing that. And like, it it, it was like very American R&B in my opinion, other than the fact that they
0: were. Mm, I thought it was actually pretty bubblegummy. Really? Maybe the color palette also kind of made me feel that way as well. I thought it was very good. I thought it was very fun. It was very summery. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, what I like about it is the the very smart play of if we're going to have a very worldwide audience, let's give some kind of like oohs and ahs that people can sing along with no matter what your language is. right? (laughs) So with the like the repeating like the yeah, the repeating kind of bit uh, melody that's really infectious uh, was quite fun. Um, I don't know how much the song was improved by having Halsey in it, but she certainly didn't detract from the song. I don't know why I thought a bigger part of their act was uh, choreography, because I thought choreography was a bigger part of their act, where uh, I thought it was a lot, like, as much about the dancing as much as it is about the singing, but the choreography seemed kind of like more music video-y, we're going through these different locations and sets. Yeah, and uh, than, some like, parts of it, it dancing. seemed like it
1: was probably choreographed, but it wasn't like, it's not like they were all doing the same move, like, right arm up, sweep to the right, you know, like, kick our left but, leg up, Yeah, like they were all kind of dancing on their own in multiple parts. And they were all
0: they weren't they weren't doing it Jabberwocky style. I'll tell yeah, you that.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that type of like over choreographed uh, thing that you would uh, you would think if maybe you were like me and Adrian and a hundred years old and thought that's what like K-pop and boy bands still did. <laughs> yeah, they very much were like dancing like a bunch of people who were like too cool to really coordinate.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought yeah, it was really fun. It was, I thought it it was, was good. a good song. It was, it was a...
1: Yeah, I would. I would.
0: So what I really liked about it is I could really hear the Shrek influence in it. And I can see why that <laughs> selection led to that song selection. Um, you can really hear the the Lilo and the Stitch in that song. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I think
1: the, the like machine learning algorithm, the military scientists, all the like highest end psychoanalysis that goes into creating bu- Buzzfeed quizzes. I think all of that basically worked perfectly and played into giving us that suggestion.
0: All right, Paul, uh anything else you want to say about the song or
1: no so for the listeners uh stick around for the uh credits you'll you'll get to hear a little snippet of the song so you don't have to pull up your spotify if you want to just grab yourself a little 30 second listen a little uh a little fun listen to a boy with love
0: Ooh. so uh my no cap uh is if you ever find yourself in st louis go to ted drew's it's it's actually pretty good it's a custard place it's pretty fun
1: and my big fact is, don't be afraid to uh, try new things. Uh, not, I, I hadn't considered myself a K-pop fan before this, and uh, my heart and my mind and my ears have all been opened by this experience. So, um, I think with that, I'm gonna gonna wish you a goodbye, Adrian, and I'll talk to you next week.
0: So long. Farewell. Auf Wiedersehen. Tschüss. Goodbye. Give me, give me